the GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. So, Mike, what's new? How's your week going? Oh, you know, it's uh, going pretty well. We're talking about maple syrup today with some people, and we yeah. had a little bit of uh, an argument over uh, how to store maple syrup properly. And there was a side that was taken, which, you know, I frankly disagree with completely. And uh, some sides were saying that uh, you don't refrigerate your maple syrup at all, the glass bottles. Which... We're talking of, We're talking about actual maple syrup now, though, right? Like, not the fake stuff you yes. mean the, from the maple tree glass bottle like it looks like whiskey that's that right. type of stuff yeah yeah that needs to be refrigerated um <laughs> in terms of the debate if you're not refrigerating natural maple syrup you better finish that bottle so fast it's going to give you diabetes <laughs> what's what's your favorite type of maple syrup in terms of the four you know light medium dark amber what's what's your favorite i like dark maple syrup that's mm -hmm. if I can get it like that's pretty hard to find restaurants don't have it that's for sure it's pretty mm -hmm. hard to, uh, um that's probably where I would go I don't I'm not a huge fan of light it's it, it, you might as well just put water on your pancakes at that yeah, point yeah, how about how about you where, where do you stand with with uh the the hues of maple syrup I'm an amber man I'm an amber, an amber man. man yeah okay uh amber for those who don't know is right between dark and medium and mm -hmm. uh you know it's that perfect blend I think because dark is a little too much for me Okay. Uh, and also, you're right. It's very hard to find. I rarely ever see dark anywhere. Yeah, you probably have to go to like a specialty shop or somewhere up north. Um, people selling it on the side of the road, like uh, for their farm. <laughs> that might be the best, your best bet. Uh, that's and that's the plan. That's the way to get maple syrup, though. The side of the road maple syrup. Like that's that's you're never gonna get anything better than that. That's the way to get anything good. Like side of the road corn, strawberries, whatever. Like if you can find a place as you're going up cottage country, pies, honey. We we're also talking about honey too. That was another thing that I don't think you're supposed to refrigerate honey, though, are you? No. Uh, yeah. Well, you're not really supposed to, but you can if you want because honey, as I learned the other day in a little trivia thing I did with some friends, honey never expires. That's right. That's why the didn't they like use it in Egypt to mummify people, and it was like a preservative for. That's right. That's creepy. I mean, even if I guess sometimes the honey it, it kind of crystallizes in your cupboard. There's there, there must be some way to fix that then, right? Or is that oh. a sign of fake honey? You know, it crystallizes, but it's just the top that crystallizes, right? That usually happens. So you can just like take off the skin of it almost. Yeah. Sometimes we have like the the, the plastic bottle of honey. I think it's the Billy Bee or whatever the heck. It's the fake stuff. Uh, that sometimes will completely go white. Like it almost looks like ice. So then, yeah, I mean, I guess that's like the preservatives or whatever that's in there. Although, why would you put preservatives in honey? I guess if you're putting extra stuff in the honey. Yeah, mo yeah, most of the fake honey, it's not real honey. It's just added sugars and flavors and everything like that. That's why every single bottle tastes exactly the same. Yeah. I, I like the wildflower honey. That's my favorite kind if I can get it. Mm -hmm. uh, that stuff's delicious. Hurts your teeth, though. That that It hurts my teeth, at least. It's so sweet. I was going to say, why is it crunchy? Is it like peanut butter where it's like the craft, like <laughs> crunchy and smoothie? Crunch, <laughs> crunchy. No, but honey, honey comb is delicious. Have you ever had that? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, that's the where you have to almost like cut it because there's still pieces of the beehive in it. I I, I, I think you're supposed to eat that. I don't know. I eat <laughs> it. <laughs> you, you, you can eat it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I definitely don't get that all the time or ever, but I've had it before and it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, you have to cut it. Yeah, it's a, definitely a treat. You're not supposed to eat it every day. Uh, super bad for you in high amounts, but uh, whatever. Hey, Winnie the Pooh's still alive, so. 
that's true. And he's got to be like 100 at this point, right, Winnie the Pooh? Uh, it's at least that. He, and, yeah. he, and he lives in the 100-acre woods, so, you know, it all that's goes, true. all ties together. Mm, that's true. He was definitely born an old man. Are we going to see any Winnie the Pooh episodes in this podcast? Yeah, the, uh, episode? No. There, there's, a, <laughs> there's a Winnie the Pooh game. There's at least one. Is there? I've seen it, yeah. It, uh... I don't know if it was a tie-in with a movie. It might have been a movie tie-in. So we might oh, yeah. be getting to that one. There's definitely a Winnie the Pooh game on GameCube. Winnie the Pooh's Rumbly Tumbly Adventure. That sounds right. <laughs> That's definitely not based on a movie. But no, I don't know what we categorized it as. But I, no, it will we not put be it a movie tie-ins. Okay, but no, it will not be a, a movie. It will not be its own episode <laughs> that we try and market the hell out of like Melee. <laughs> You're telling me that Winnie the Pooh is not a AAA title? Not yet, no. Maybe in another era when... I guess Winnie the Pooh is huge. Is it big in... It's pretty big in North America, right? Like, it's... Yeah, I oh, don't yeah. Know. It's, it's big in North America, and it's big, uh, I'd Europe. say, just throughout the yeah. world. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's not like Disney or anything like that, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. I think it's... Did Disney buy Winnie the Pooh? Disney does own the... At least the distribution rights to Disney... Uh, to uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, that's right, because that Christopher Robin movie that came out a few years ago, which was actually pretty good. It uh, was. I enjoyed that, it. Yeah, me too. That was a that was a Disney movie, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. One day they'll buy this podcast, and we'll, we won't be able to trash the Disney sports games anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll have to be like, and our top 10 games are <laughs> as follows. Disney sports skateboarding. And we'll bring uh, we'll bring Marty back on. He'll have to read it like with a gun <laughs> off screen. <laughs> well we already got uh screwed over with gavin because uh gavin on the bmx episode had to uh uh keep saying uh oh he kept going the Hoo-hoo! that's true yeah i was actually at a retro video game store yesterday the one in our local toronto scene uh and i i came across disney sports skateboarding and i promptly passed on it oh uh, how much was it it wasn't much. It was like fifteen bucks. <laughs> it's it's a very cheap. Yeah, it's a very cheap game. If it was ten, I feel like you would have bought it. I might have just out of sheer interest. I'm looking for the other one that Marty brought up though. The Disney skateboarding. I forget the name of it now. I know. Yeah. The, I know the case. That's the funny thing though. Since we've been doing this podcast, I obviously haven't been in a retro video game store, and this was my first time back. And I recognized a bunch of the cases <laughs> that I wouldn't have otherwise. Isn't like, that I saw, funny? <laughs> yeah, like I saw like Matt Hoffman and Freak Style, and uh, a couple of the soccer games and stuff like that. <laughs> I ended up I ended up picking up NHL Hits 2002 and Geist, which we'll be talking about eventually on this show. So mm-hmm. I have those to research now. Which Looks is good. exciting. So yeah, that's like my little PSA for today. I, I want to encourage all of our listeners to get out there and support their local retro video game stores because those are obviously hurting right now. Um, it, was, it wasn't too bad going in. Everyone was masked. The store was limited, but you really want to support those guys because if they go away, we'll be forced to use nothing but eBay and Kijiji. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and especially no one wants to use EB games here, so... No, I, I've had just about enough of them at this point. I went into... I, I told you, I don't think it was on this show, but I went in to buy The Last of Us Part Two. They had no copies, so I walked across the street to Walmart, <laughs> which is like the last place I want to buy a video game. And they yeah. had like a hundred copies, so I just bought it there. So come on, EB. Step your game up. Yeah, right. Otherwise, goodbye. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, did you want to introduce this week's episode, Mike? This is your this is your week. This, so this like... is Yeah, th- I feel like this is my week. This yeah. is my time to shine. This is your Pikmin. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, everyone, to the GameCube is Cool podcast. My name is Michael Lane, joined always by my host, Neil Gilbert. Hello. Uh, hello, indeed. And we are going to be talking about Simpsons games today on episode nine. And these games are as follows. Road Rage, released in 2001, and Hit and Run, which is a obviously cult uh, classic and 
you know, a lot of people's favorite game, to be honest, for this uh, console, mm-hmm. uh, released in 2003. Yep, and uh, as, as we were talking earlier, one of these games is still good. Find out which one. Yep. Very soon. Yep. So let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, I guess we should preface this by saying, Mike, you are a huge Simpsons fan. Uh, you're probably one of you and John, a uh, friend of the show, John Cameron, uh, mm-hmm. probably the two biggest Simpsons fans I personally know. I made an attempt to get into the franchise or whatever series a few years back when we were in college. I bought a few of the seasons on DVD. Couldn't really get into it. I think I got to season four, and I think I laughed once or twice. <laughs> um, so I, I was in a family household where, for some reason, as kids, we were not allowed to watch The Simpsons, but we could watch Family Guy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I, and looking back on that now, I don't know why that was the role. <laughs> family Guy is so much worse than The Simpsons in terms of just like being ten watching Family Guy. But mm-hmm. I ended up years later picking up uh, Hit and Run on GameCube when I got back into GameCube collecting, and I, I absolutely love that game. So that that's kind of my biggest touchstone with the franchise. So yeah, like like we said, you, this is going to be your episode. You're the Simpsons guy, but I'll still have a little bit of insight on at least one of the games, and then we'll, we'll try and make a full episode out of it. Of course, and we're going to be having a couple guests on the episode today too to talk about their memories and you know what they think about these games. These games are very nostalgic for sure, and I think especially a game like Road Rage. You know, it's it's dated, right? It's, it's absolutely yeah. As as many of these games are, I mean, if a game comes out in two thousand one, almost twenty years old, it's going to be dated. It's the odds are it's not. Unfortunately, most video games don't age well. So, <laughs> and licensed games are are definitely not in the camp of games that age well. Typically, no, uh, they're cashing in on the hype at the time. Uh, and Simpsons video games. I was looking up looking up just Simpsons video games on a whole. Uh, these games were around like the twenty first, twenty second Simpsons video game. To come out, uh, there's only there's only been 27 video games in the Simpsons universe, uh, and the last one I believe was the last official Simpsons video game was Simpsons. Uh, was it a tap and go? It was like one of the mobile games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was 2012. So we've been about eight years now without a Simpsons games. But I'll I'll, I'll maybe talk to you about that a bit more at the end of the episode. Um, so we'll get into it. We'll start with Simpsons Road Rage, which was released on December 17th, 2001, just about a month after the GameCube launched. So still in that launch window. It was also released on PS2, Xbox, and a Game Boy Advance version also came out. Developed by Radical Entertainment and published by EA. This game is uh, hiked up in price quite a bit uh, since I bought it. I bought this game for you actually a few years ago, and mm-hmm. right now it's trending at around ninety dollars. I don't think I paid that much when no. I bought it for you. <laughs> I hope I, not. I, I love you, but I didn't. I didn't spend that much. <laughs> uh, so this game is very much like Crazy Taxi. Um, so much so that it was even uh, Fox and EA were sued by Sega for making this game. We'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, you have the most experience with this game. You've been playing it this week, so talk to me a little bit about a little bit about uh, Simpsons Road Rage. Well, I do. That's true, but I'd like to defer that comment to our friend of the show, John Cameron, who's just joined us from Mississauga. Well, not Mississauga, from Oakville, I guess. Burlington. Burlington. We all know each other from Mississauga. <laughs> we we all really met in Mississauga, right? Yes, we we have met in Mississauga. Yeah, John, you you're you're, you're in Oakville. You're John, a bit you're of a so quiet. You're a bit of a quiet boy. You're a bit of a soft I could do boy. Something about that. Let me see. Can we make this? Can we make this episode closed caption for the hearing impaired, Mike? Maybe that would help. If, if John <laughs> just if had I subtitles, just screamed the entire time. Can we just like do a Gilbert Gottfried scream throughout the entire episode? I think that would really. We're talking about Simpsons Road Rage today. <laughs> that will be a special episode. 
<laughs> That's the next episode. That'll be the Winnie the Pooh episode. <laughs> so I guess to start off here, uh, what are your just what are the first things that come to mind, John, when you think about Road Rage? So I was thinking about it, just to clarify, the Simpsons road rage, <laughs> not the actual act of being angry in a car. How do you think about being angry in traffic, John? Yeah, yeah that's right. I just be still and remain. Like Pete Holmes? <laughs> like, just just remain. You won't, you won't be happier at work. Just remain. No, I was thinking about this, because to me, do you guys agree that there was a point in time, we'll decide when it was later, but... There was a time when it seemed like licensed games were a little better and then they got really bad <laughs> because I'm thinking of like the SNES era when there was a lot of like good licensed games like Star Wars, Disney, which of course mm -hmm. was pre Star Wars, Disney, like Aladdin comes to mind. Lion King was hard, but it was good. Yep. Mm -hmm. There was Even, like Little Mermaid and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there actually... was a lot of good licensed games and the Simpsons Road Rage was an obvious reskin to the point that they were involved in a lawsuit with Sega mm -hmm. of Crazy Taxi. But I don't know if it was just the level of detail and love put into it because I really, really loved that game when I was growing up. I think maybe it was just all the lines, all the familiarity, knowing like every scenery, everything. With movie tie-ins or any sort of franchise tie-ins like this, I'm not really a huge fan when other major developers will go out and sue them for copying them because just about every single, like you said, the Disney games on SNES, those were all rip-offs of Mario and Zelda and like Goof Troop was a straight up Link to the Past rip-off basically. Well, that's just it because Crazy Taxi is kind of a genre in its own right, right? It's, it's hardly a, at this point its own thing. It, but it's not. It's Crazy Taxi. They had the, um, what was it, the legal rights to that gameplay mechanic. So I don't think people could rip that game off. No, they, they, right. try, they try to patent it, uh, basically. Right. They, they patented like a certain amount of that, but they didn't patent it fully, which resulted in the lawsuit being settled out of court. Right. Basically. It was settled outside. So we never know what actually came of it, assuming right. the Simpsons lost in this case, because it was a very blatant ripoff of Crazy Taxi. Mm -hmm. That was probably the last time Sega made money. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing that we do know that came out of it, which I found in my research, which is super interesting and explains a lot, is that uh, they were no longer allowed to, uh, I guess, call them like I'm calling them pressings because I'm thinking of vinyls right now. But like, they weren't <laughs> they weren't allowed to make more editions of Road Rage in terms of they uh... weren't allowed to create more distribution for it which is the reason why Road Rage is actually very, very difficult to find, especially on GameCube, because they didn't make a lot of copies on GameCube for their first run. Uh, it was mostly on PS2, and that's why you see almost every copy of Road Rage in a game store will be on PS2 and not GameCube. Yeah, Xbox. I actually had both GameCube and PS2, and I still only have the PS2 one left. I don't know what happened to the GameCube one. <laughs> it's probably gone the ways of every other game that everyone's ever lost. You gave it to a friend who moved away. That's how <laughs> games get lost all the time. But no, the only one I have is the PS2 one, which is unfortunate. But I only have my PS2. I don't have my GameCube, so there's a silver lining. There you go. Yeah, no, licensed games did have gone through waves, I think. Uh, like you said, the SNES uh, era was great. N64, everyone thinks licensed games were great. You ask them to name two. They start with GoldenEye, and then it kind of trails off. <laughs> so, like, GoldenEye and, and then, Pod Racer. 
And Star Wars oh, Pod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's two. Okay, so Star Wars Pod Racer. Uh, but there weren't too many great movie tie-ins. I'm thinking on N64. Maybe there were some on PS2 that I just don't know about. I'm sure there were. And then it fe- I feel like it came back into more of a higher quality uh, era with the GameCube. They rebounded. PS2, if you want. Yeah, yeah, they did. Because there was then, definitely, yeah, there was a point where it's like, oh, people will buy the game just because it's got the Simpsons on it. So we don't even have to try. Let's just make Superman 64. They don't. Yeah, you're right. They don't. They don't have to try. But I feel like with the Simpsons games, especially, they did try. Like you said, they brought yes. in the original voice actors. Um, I always screw up his name. Matt Growing. Growing. Matt Groening. What? Matt Groening. Groening. That's yes. not his. His name is spelled wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's heard that joke through his entire life. I'm sure he is. His name is like Wednesday. It's spelled. There wrong. was an actual scene where they break the fourth wall, and I think Milhouse pronounces it Matt Groening. Yes. That's okay, right. good. I'm not alone. Yeah, they actually make fun of it in the show. <laughs> they were all involved in this game, which you didn't get in like last week we talked about the Monsters Inc. game, which was a horrible movie tie in. Oh no yeah. no yeah, no original voice actors, not based at all on the movie plot. This game takes place in Springfield. It's got uh, all the voice actors, everything. The music is there. I think even the startup screen is like the Simpsons theme song. So there's definitely that love put into this game. Um, so it's a quality franchise tie-in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost an uncanny away. valley sort of feeling when you see a character rendered in like CG, early CG, Beast yeah. Wars style looking characters, hey. and then you hear the wrong voice come out of them. Yes, yeah. It's like yeah. in I think in Kingdom Hearts, Dan Castellaneta voiced the genie. So you have Homer That's voicing right. Robin Williams in Kingdom Hearts, and it's close, but it's close to the point where you're like, "This is wrong. Get it away from me right now." Yes. Yeah. I actually don't hate the plot of this game. I know that the we can maybe we can wait until Harrison comes on. The plot of this game is hilarious because yeah. it only comes on for the first like thirty seconds of the game. Do you remember this, John? I do like, remember about the yeah, radioactive like, buses. They barely actually show it. Oh, hold on. The opening cutscene is like ingrained in my memory. Yeah, the opening cutscene is great. It's actually pretty funny. Shameless plutocrat Montgomery Burns is unveiling his line of nuclear-powered buses. Uh, so Mr. Burns has, like, a monopoly on all the transit systems in Springfield, and he's begun, like, a production on some kind of radioactive bus that's threatening public health. So citizens of Springfield uh, need to use their own cars to earn money, pay back Mr. Burns to get rid of all these buses. Somehow that makes sense. Uh, so it's literally, like, Uber way it's before Uber. Uber came out. Yeah, It's Uber Springfield. Yeah. I like the idea. It's cool. It, it makes a perfect sense. So yeah, that's like the plot of the game. Really cool. Uh, so Harrison, what are your memories of the game now that you joined late? We got to get your, uh, did you play this game back in the day or just when Mike came up this weekend? No, so I played this game back in the day. So I've been a huge Simpsons fan uh, my whole life. Uh, so when finally there was a, a solid Simpsons game for the GameCube, I was like all on board to play it. Um, playing the game, however, from what I remember, it was very crazy taxi-like. You know, you pick people up, you drop them off at certain places, and, and that was pretty much it. There wasn't, like, too, too much to the game. Sega picked up on that, too, so much that they sued them. <laughs> See, there you go. The It's funny because there, there, there is another aspect to the game, which I think a lot of people overlooked, that I at least find is really fun. And it's the Sunday Drive uh, feature. Do you remember this, John? Right. Was that was just like your... that Was was it timeless? Was it just like a free room? That's right. It was right. a free room. And it was kind of interesting because you didn't really see any games that were doing this in 2001. 
Uh, I mean, other than maybe like GTA, but even then, uh, it was neat because you could really go anywhere on the worlds, and these maps were massive, especially as a kid. Yeah, like you could go, you could drive for for at least like five minutes without like hitting the end of the map. That that's a lot in two thousand one. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only thing you know, the only trade off is that the maps are basically empty, right? Like, there's not much going on. You can like hit cars and stuff, and that's fun for about twenty minutes, but. Then you hear the same repeating sound bites when you crash into people, but yeah, yeah. If you like The Simpsons a lot, it's you can tell the the love put into it. If you don't care about The Simpsons and you play that game, you're just playing a worse Crazy Taxi. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like if you didn't get if you didn't have Crazy Taxi, which was a launch game, came out just a month before this game. So if you skipped out on Crazy Taxi and picked up this one, you're probably fine because you don't have anything really to compare it to. Maybe you played Crazy Taxi at a at an arcade or something like that. Isn't that ballsy though? Like to put mm-hmm. this out like a month later after Crazy Taxi? Oh yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, it is. I mean, they have a lot the... of confidence in it. <laughs> <laughs> But but the Simpsons they did the same thing they they released like a skateboarding game which was oh, basically yeah. a rip off of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Later on we're going to talk about Simpsons Hit and Run which is a complete rip off of GTA. So it's like I guess there's in like we've talked about before even today there are games that come out every month that there's like ten shooters that come out a week. So I don't know like it's it seems to work out fine. This game's a cult classic. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it worked out for them. I know that we don't. I'm not gonna jump into it because this game wasn't on the GameCube, but Simpsons Skateboarding, oh, that was a brutal game. Yep. Is that for N64? I think PS2. Yeah, PS2. Yeah. Yeah. And probably Xbox as well. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but it definitely was on PS2. I had it. Almost every single like Simpsons YouTube video that I looked up in research for this episode was like Simpsons Skateboarding, the worst game ever made. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was the first time that The Simpsons tried to make a good game. Uh, All the previous games, and even the games a little bit after Road Rage, until Hit and Run, were all critically panned. But it's, uh, it's, it's the first time, I think it's honestly a watershed moment for the game industry in general. Because it's the first time I think that people realize that, oh, we can make money if we make something good. Yeah, I, I think that yeah, that's probably true. Like like we were saying before, I don't know. There there were good tie-ins though before this. It's there were just... yeah, but they they weren't as well executed and thought through. I think as... there were a lot of flukes as far as good tie-ins yes. yeah. before. Like I don't right. think people were expecting the uh, which the Star Wars game on SNES. I forget which if it was just called Star Wars or what the title Super, was. Super Star Wars. Super Star. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it it turned out to be great because at that point in time, if you had a solid platformer. It was a good game. That was kind of the benchmark for if it was fun. Was it a good platformer? You're fine. But then when you add in all these new things, like, well, suddenly games are three-dimensional. You can move omnidirectionally. You have soundtracks that aren't just, like, 8-bit music. You have actual music. You have voice acting that's not completely distorted and bit crushed. Now you can actually, like, put in songs from the show. You can get the actual voice actors. And it's like, do you want to actually step up to the plate and put in that amount of love because that's what i felt like road rage was it was it actually appealed to me as a simpsons fan not just as a gamer it was like wow i i recognize this place and that place and oh that's a line from that episode it appealed to that whole aspect exactly and even though maybe it was a a ripoff of crazy taxi it was great because my favorite characters were like behind the wheel and there were so many references to again like what john was saying certain episodes it was fantastic 
Now, I will say, although we will give Road Rage some love, as it does deserve, this game is not as fun to play in 2020. It feels very empty when you play it. You, it's, you know, it's only a small part of most games nowadays. And honestly, it's this is how Crazy Taxi feels to me when I play it. It just feels like I'm doing a, a mission in GTA. And that's just, you know, that's just the an evolution of the game industry in that sense. Like we talked about that in the first episode, Neil. Yeah. Uh, with Crazy Taxi, how back then uh, most games that came out were games that did one thing very, very well, which was Road Rage. You go, you had good driving mechanics. You go and you know, smash into cars and people, you pick people up and that's it. And because that, that comes from the arcade aspect of creating games where obviously GTA uh, kind of changed everything in the sense that everything can be in a game now. So, yeah, but then how come crazy taxi, we've talked about that game already on this show. Crazy taxi seems to be a lot more love now. And even back then, uh, everybody loved that game, even though it was the same gameplay, same repetitiveness, this game comes out and it was panned, like you said. I know that it had frame rate issues. There was bad. Co- co- maybe I'm answering my own question. There was bad collision <laughs> detection. Uh, I've heard textures were bad or bland. Uh, gameplay repetitive, which it's it's crazy taxi gameplay. It's short. There's only ten missions. Um, like why was this? Why is this game considered not great? But Crazy Taxi is still considered one of the best arcade games ever made. Was it just that Crazy Taxi came first? Or yep, I, I think yes for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think also. Because Hit and Run exists, honestly. I think if Hit yeah. and Run didn't exist, then Road Rage would be viewed in a different light today. Yeah, they weren't very far apart. No, no, a no. uh, year and a half. No, yeah. Same yeah. same generation of consoles. Mm-hmm. Was 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 Hit and Run, we'll get, we're going to get to, I guess we're slowly transitioning to that <laughs> game now, but uh, was Hit and Run, are they even the same map? Is it the same game map or is it different? No. So the only things that are taken from Road Rage uh, for Hit and Run is just the driving engine, and that's it. So the maps are different. They're they're similar, but they did build them from the ground up. Okay. But did they use a different... Uh, you, they, they took the driving mechanics uh, one for one to game next game. So did they update the graphics to, between games? Because I was playing Hit and Run this morning, and it, it aged well. Uh, I've heard this game doesn't have great graphics and frame road rage doesn't have great graphics and frame rate did i guess they updated the the engine a little bit in that 18 months i don't know i didn't do any i recall hit and run looking better but i have not played either game in a long time it was a completely new engine so yeah they they did update the graphics but uh they look similar like i i saw i saw that criticism with like the graphics and the the textures and stuff for road rage that wouldn't be my criticism at all to be honest, like I don't think a game like that needs like it doesn't matter, right? Not many games in that generation had great textures. <laughs> no, so it's a, that's a we- I don't know. I feel that's a weird criticism. Like that's not what I would critique it on. And it's strictly open world. Like you're yes. never you never leave your car. Your passengers right. do, but you don't. And then you have no buildings you can go inside of except for like the really large buildings that you can drive through. But hit and run, you actually could go inside of places. Like there was interiors of buildings. And so, obviously, they would be more detailed. If you ever, like, drove up next to a building in Road Rage, you could sometimes clip the camera through, and you would just see, like, an empty shell of, like, an origami cube building where there was just, yeah. built, there was just like, windows on the outside. And if you got a view of the inside, it's just an empty shell with, like, grass for the floor because there didn't need to be building interiors for the most part. So, yeah, like, that looked bad, but it didn't need to look good either because you never were supposed to see it like that. Was there any way to make this game, like, more fun by playing it in a different way that's not supposed to be. Like, everyone always shits on Superman 64 for the N64, but I absolutely love playing that game because it's, <laughs> it's fun for the wrong reasons. Is there any redeeming factor with this game in that sense, or not really? Is it just pick up people and 
drop him off and on to the next guy. I would say Mike's Sunday mode was probably, hmm. again, one of the things that a lot of people didn't take into consideration. That's that's fun, besides obviously just picking people up and dropping them off. Yeah. I think All most right. of my gameplay was the Sunday driving mode, and I would just play it for hours and be like, I am part of the Simpsons world. This yes. is me. Going back to the, the differences between Crazy Taxi and Road Rage, the thing that comes to mind for me is the soundtracks. The Crazy Taxi soundtracks always had fun tracks on them the offspring uh the offspring uh, and, and bad religion uh, and bad religion that's right and so that actually did make a difference especially as a kid it wasn't as easy to listen to a lot of this stuff as it was as it is today right like that's why the tony hawk soundtracks are so like lauded because you couldn't listen to like there was no playlists that existed for like best punk music of 2000 so no, tony hawk was that <laughs> yeah exactly and crazy taxi did a really good job with that uh, for for their games, where the Simpsons didn't entice you in any way, I guess, from a musical standpoint. Yeah, nobody's watching the Simpsons for the music. Exactly. Yeah, that's not to say yeah. it's bad, but it's just it's that's not why you're watching. You know, Danny Elfman does a great job, but it's it's in the background. Yeah. So, Mike, did you want to read the back of the case for this game? Yes, I do. Okay, because uh, I actually own Simpsons Road Rage on GameCube. So yeah, it's probably the m- m- rarest game you own, actually. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. Move your keister, mister. (laughs) Mr. Burns is up to his gritty ways, purchasing the Springfield buses, making them radioactive and jacking up the fares. Now Springfieldians must turn their cars into cabs and make enough money to buy back the buses before the clock runs out. No time for donuts, Homer. They just read what's on the back of the case. There's words written on the back of the case. They just read them. And that's what's written on the back of the case. Yeah, so, uh... (laughs) Well, they should have put a dodgeball mode in. (laughs) <laughs> they should have yeah. just ported every Mario Kart multiplayer mode. Give me yeah, the balloon mode. mode. Give me the race mode. Yeah, yeah. Put the balloons at the back of the cars. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say before we end off, I guess fully on Road Rage. Do you guys, John or Harrison, have anything left to to say about this game? There was a cheat code where you could drive around as a brick with wheels. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I imagine it was something that the devs used just to like get a feel for the map. Like we'll use the this test car thing. And yeah. I just remember that because I was like, yay, cheats are cool. I'm a hacker now. <laughs> Look, Super Nintendo Chalmers. I'm learning. <laughs> I knew I knew one guy who who made his GameCube into a, a lunchbox, fun fact. That is disgusting. <laughs> we will not stand for such blatant disrespect of the GameCube. So I'm guessing the GameCube no longer worked after he did that. Yeah, it was no longer cool. <laughs> no, it was no longer. It was a cool lunchbox, I guess. But did it keep cold things cold and hot things hot? I think it did the opposite. I think it made cold things hot and hot things cold. <laughs> it it ruined everything. <laughs> you know those little like thermoses that you could put soup in? Like they come no. like they like blue on the bottom, white top. You guys know exactly what I'm talking Never about. Never heard yeah, of it. I know exactly. I, I those things, yeah, those yeah. things can go <laughs> themselves. Like, <laughs> you put, like you put like piping hot anything in there. These are dangerous by, words you're spouting, Neil. <laughs> no, like you put anything. I remember like having soup in school, and like by the time lunch hit, that was like ice cold, no matter what. 
<laughs> and you can't microwave them, I don't think. I never did because I think did there was aluminum. Did you ever do the, the Kraft mac and cheese or Kraft dinner, as we say, in the thermos, only to have a solid block of mac and cheese come out of your thermos? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a classic, yeah. classic oh, lunch yeah. snack. The yep. cylinder like of mac of and cheese. A dildo of mac and cheese comes yeah, out. Yeah, you went like, that direction, but yeah, same, yep. same joke. That's the shape it was in. <laughs> uh, depending on how big you are. <laughs> and thick. That's a lot of mac and cheese and a lot of uh, pain. Anyway. Those things weren't good for anything. Like soup, you couldn't slurp it out. You had to eat it. Like like if you tried to drink it, it would all come down your face. And you get that little Fisher-Price reusable spoon that oh, was like two inches long and everybody lost it. <laughs> you try and like jam an actual spoon in there, but it, it didn't fit. Get the Alakazam the out of that spoon just to get it to fit inside the thermos. Yeah. What about those like little spoons? Remember like those little, uh, I'm going to trigger some people, but remember those like ice cream packs you'd get and you'd get like a, a wooden spear to eat it with? Oh, yes. Anybody I remember that? And you get, oh, you get you like little that splinters spoon on that it. was like the size of a thumbnail. Yeah. The spoon was very small. I remember the taste of the spoon. I don't remember what the ice cream tastes like now because it just tasted like wood. That says a lot. Well, the ice cream also tasted like wood. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, if you remember so there's no the confusion, spoon, but not the ice cream, that's a very bad yeah. sign. Yeah, I agree. All right, so moving on to the next game on our list today is uh, Simpsons Hit and Run, which was released on September 16th, 2003, about a year and a half later. Uh, also released on PS2, Xbox, and Windows. The developer, same as before, Radical Entertainment. Publisher, Vivendi Universal Games. Um... This game on eBay these days will go for about a hundred bucks. It's really for GameCube. Uh, it's very expensive. Most people end up. I was trying to talk to people about this on our Facebook group. Uh, they all said, "Oh, I just pick it up on PS2 because it's like twenty. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it went. And that was I bought this game six years ago on GameCube. I went back in my eBay history. I paid twenty six dollars. So in six years, this game has quadrupled in price. Isn't that telling, though? Like, I mean, just to amp up the GameCube even more on this podcast, isn't that telling that uh, Hit and Run on GameCube is $100 and the PS2 one is 20 It's just something about those small discs. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love them. <laughs> so, yeah, so Simpsons Hit and Run, it was actually codenamed as Road Rage 2 when they were making mm-hmm. it. It was supposed to be a sequel, but they decided to make it a lot more GTA-ish and let the characters leave the car and explore a bit. Um, it worked out very well worldwide. This game sold three million copies, so that's that's pretty decent. I have six million. So. You have six? Yeah. Oh, I found three. Okay. I think cool. three million for the GameCube. Oh, okay. You're saying you own six million copies, correct? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, maybe it's six million. Yeah, maybe six million. Then we'll have to go back and check that. Um, it wouldn't be three on the GameCube because that would make it like the ninth best-selling game on the console. You mean it's not the ninth best-selling game? <laughs> No, the entire top 25 selling games on the GameCube are all first-party games. <laughs> Gotta love Nintendo. <laughs> Keeping it local to Japan. <laughs> all right, so uh, what, what are your guys' memories of this game? Obviously, I didn't play it until way later, but uh, playing this game back in the day as huge Simpsons nerds, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, for me, like, specifically, so I wasn't allowed to have Grand Theft Auto in the house at all. Same. Not that I even had any platforms <laughs> that could you know, that had Grand Theft Auto. I just had Nintendo consoles. Anyways. What do you mean by that? I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget why you're here. I only, I only had Nintendo consoles. <laughs> only. You're on thin ice right only now. Only Nintendo. Only Nintendo consoles. There you go. Anyway, so I wasn't allowed Grand Theft Auto growing up. You know, this was like a pretty close thing to it. You know, if you weren't allowed to have Grand Theft Auto and you were a Simpsons fan, it was literally the perfect game for you. Yeah, I mean, I was in a similar boat as you where I wasn't allowed 
I don't think we were allowed GTA games, and I was so blessed to only have Nintendo consoles growing up that I didn't have the option to play any uh, GTA games. And I was also in a family household where we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons, so I couldn't play this game twice. You had two rules keeping you yeah, yeah. from playing Hit and Run. The double rules. You basically do just didn't even have a childhood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, joining us here is uh, Annika, all the way from Toronto, Ontario. Well, not today, but, you know, normally Toronto. All right. I can hear you guys. Oh, my God. This is a party. Yeah, this is a big party now. <laughs> Are you guys all, like, in your you're in your old place in London then, right? Like all Yeah, we're all in separate rooms. Wait. Oh, yeah, there's two bedrooms. I was like, wait, is someone in the kitchen? What the hell's going on? I, I, I am in the kitchen the... right now. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike and I didn't have bunk beds back in the day, unfortunately. You didn't? No. You guys, you guys screwed up. Did you ever consider it? Ooh, I feel like, I feel like there was a time. There was a small. There was a morning. Maybe. There, there was a bowl of cereal where you guys were talking about it for a bit. Just maybe we should do this. Okay, so Simpsons Hit and Run. Uh, Annika, we already introduced it and everything. So uh, wh- where do you come down on this game? Good, bad? Uh, do you did you play GTA? Do you have any comparison with this game to other games? I remember uh, I got this game. I played it on PlayStation. Good old PlayStation 2. Nope. Please, please edit, edit, edit <laughs> that out. Oh, oh, oh. You can edit that. Yeah. You can just get rid of that. Um, yeah. I was never a Simpsons fan. I don't know that I had ever watched Simpsons before. Um, I just remember getting the game with my brother and playing it for hours and hours. Years later, I played, I remember playing GTA for the first time. And I think because it was so similar to Hit and Run, that I also became obsessed with that. <laughs> yeah, GTA is not quite the same as Hit and Run. I guess no. going back to an actual GTA game, maybe you'd prefer this this game better. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Hmm. Yeah. I, I remember particularly there was... Uh, I, I loved just driving around the city. Obviously, the missions were great, but just driving around Springfield uh, was definitely a joy. And especially, I think it's level four. There is a hidden ATV in the RV park. And after I found that, I just kept going back and taking it and driving it around. Yeah, do you guys remember that, John and Harrison, where it's it's in the, the RV park where, like, Cletus is? I think I do. Yeah, I remember it. I didn't remember this until Annika showed me, but it's... Uh, it's like behind one of the yeah, one of the RVs, and then it's it's so much fun to drive. Isn't that one of the best like Easter eggs of any open world game? Is when you find something that you can use, but it's always like tucked away. Maybe it's like a special gun or a vehicle, but something that's like hidden away. And you're like, every time I play this game, I'm gonna spend an hour unlocking whatever that thing is because it is my favorite thing in the game. <laughs> exactly. That's what makes this game super special because there's a lot of like little things like that. There's a bunch of Especially the vehicles. Like, Neil, let's just talk about the vehicles for a second here. Okay. So there's the Homer, uh, which everyone loves, the rocket car right. in front of, uh, what's his name's uh, house? The solid gold house. <laughs> solid gold house. Like, stuff like that, which is just these small tidbits from episodes throughout the, I guess, 12 or 11 seasons at that point when right. they released Hit and Run. Uh, it, it was just amazing writing. Uh, by the writers on that one to make sure that, that things like that were included. And that's what makes Hit and Run so special is that it caters to everyone. It caters to anyone who's not a Simpsons fan, but it also caters to people who are like the hardcore fans who will get these small references. 
Yeah, I like that. And going back to just Road Rage real quick, like that game had 18 playable characters. Was this was this game about the same? I when, I remember playing this game a few summers ago, and I, I don't know if there were that many playable characters this time around, or were there more? Because I remember playing as like Homer, Marge, Bart, all those guys. I, I think you can play as a Pooh at one point. Um, yeah, so you can play as all five and then a Pooh. Okay, so it's less playable characters, but way more vehicles. Yeah, but the, because the playable characters in Road Rage are barely like playable characters, that's it true. just you know it, it's just a sprite. The that's character is around. the car, really, in Road Rage. Yeah, mm-hmm. where honestly, Hit and Run is really impressive for the fact that they had these uh, like uh, five playable characters in that sense. Like that's a lot of work from a dev point of view, mm-hmm. and they all had at least like ten or uh, twelve unique catchphrases per character which is that's pretty impressive for that time and all six of those characters could navigate the world outside of the car right so there's like platforming right. elements in this game they all in combat mm-hmm. as well they have to be able to interact the same way unlike donkey kong 64 which you have to play as different characters to access different parts of the map which is why that game is terrible and should be erased from existence onward with the show <laughs> oh, 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 no. well guys it's been a lot of fun today uh, i'm really glad you invited me <laughs> <laughs> As someone who is who looks pretty similar to Lanky Kong, I take great offense to this. Yeah, I'm so, I, oh, Lanky Kong's my boy. I love Lanky Kong, but the game. No, he's not. Don't you're not allowed to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't disgrace him now that you disgrace the game. I apologize for my comments. <laughs> the, the official Donkey Kong 64 community forum and slash Discord slash WhatsApp group uh, will not hear it. How many people are in that forum? Well, I have one account that's just mine, one that's for uh, posting artwork, and um, there's, we're really getting the ball rolling. I'll take those guys out like a Dynasty Warrior game. It's okay. I Apparently, I shat on the GameCube earlier, so... I know you shat on all of Nintendo earlier, but that's okay. Mike hates the N64, so it's cool. I know, and the N64 is, is my favorite platform, but... that That's your favorite Nintendo console? You got it. I'm, mm. I'm like, the N64 is, is still cool. Yeah, that, that, that's the next podcast, I think. That's the competitor. <laughs> yeah, so uh, reception-wise, though, this game was met with better reviews than Road Rage. Way better. Mostly eights on this game. So it seemed like critics really loved it. And on the plus side, Vivendi did not get sued by Rockstar, which is nice. For some reason, they ripped off Grand Theft Auto and no one seemed to care. At least I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, I don't think Grand Theft Auto was going to be ever interested in suing them for something like this no i guess not um it's also way less rigid of a gameplay design exactly it's true it's you're you're like crazy taxi very deliberate they were the first and it's the same gameplay pattern the same technology you take an open world game that's gotta be way harder to patent where the idea mm-hmm. is you can do mm-hmm. anything that's that's what you're trying to patent is the option of just exploring and doing missions which is kind of well that's definitely its own genre now i mean i wouldn't call crazy taxi a genre because very few people have copied it but an open world sandboxy gta style is certainly a genre i mean there's probably hundreds of them now crackdown was one of my favorites and that's just basically gta but with you know you can jump really high. It's, it's jump. It's jump really high GTA, and there's Great. tons of games like that. So it's it's harder to yeah. really crack down <laughs> on such a genre like that. I, I wanted to bring this up because I saw it when I was doing some research for this game. I don't know if you guys have any experience, John. I'm assuming you would have the most because you're a PC guy. Have you guys seen some of the PC mods in this game? I want to talk about. That. Okay, well there we go. <laughs> Good because I have no idea. Do you actually not? No, I never played okay. the PC version. I've, there is one. I've never seen these either. 
it's a pretty big modding community actually. So I I didn't I knew about this a little bit before, and uh, because you know where I actually know why I knew about this, John. I knew about this because of the steamed hams meme. Okay. And because someone had created the whole steamed hams thing uh, mm. in uh, in the Simpsons hit. Room, I believe I uh, saw mod. that. Okay, I didn't realize oh, that was yeah, even yeah, a mod. Yeah. I do remember seeing like a CG version of that meme though. Once I remember seeing that, I was like, "Oh, like what the hell? Like how do they do this?" And then I I did a, like a small amount of digging and went through a couple of Wikipedia rabbit holes and just kind of learned about uh, the whole modding community that exists for this game. It's called um, Donut Mod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's 4.0 now, but it started with uh, obviously just one. And they, they, it's a, it's a pretty heavily invested community. Obviously, this game is a, a cult classic and a, a favorite among fans. So it's, it's pretty, uh, it gets upkept a lot. Yeah, there's, there's weird mods where like they give the characters realistic looking eyes. Um, I, I, <laughs> oh, I saw, no. it's, it's terrifying. I saw one where it was like an Australian mod where everything is the Australian flag. Like you can't, there's no. I thought you were going to say upside down. (laughs) No, it's just like the Australian flag. Like every wall is the Australian flag. Every like the road is the Australian flag. It's like you can't tell what anything is just because it's completely. You can't you can't tell what what's deep and what's close to you or anything. Sounds great. Yeah, as, as a Simpsons community, I'm glad to see that this game, it's considered, this is considered the best Simpsons game of all time of the 27 or so games that exist. And it, it still exists today on online with people modding it in the PC community, which is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. I, I wish more games got this type of treatment. So uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on this game before we uh, start to, do you have lots more or? Oh, I could talk about this for, for hours easily. <laughs> I remember playing this. I was uh, the same way as you uh, in terms of not having, uh, not allowed to have GTA at home. But I do remember playing this at Spencer Yo's house. Oh God! Because <laughs> <laughs> his brother had a lot of these games, and I remember playing it with them, and I thought it was really cool. And I was just getting into The Simpsons at this time. I played it obviously, and I remember the game. And then years later in university, in in first year university, Harrison. I saw that game at that. Uh, remember that Ukrainian guy's stand that he had at Western and Fanshawe. Yes, he was. He was the man. He sold CDs, <laughs> video games. Yeah, and I think this is one of the guys who you know. It's uh, the back of the truck. Uh, you know, falling off the truck. Uh, uh, merchandise. That's a level in Hit and Run where you collect uh, everything. That's all the yeah. Bone Storm games that have fallen from the back of the truck. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I got this in a DVD case. Not a, a GameCube oh, I case. Love, I love it when you find GameCube games in DVD, like blockbuster cases. <laughs> I got it in DVD case uh, for $10, and that was in 2012. Wow. What a steal. So This is the type of game that I feel like would have been all right to try and steal. Like, it's a GTA <laughs> game, and you're supposed to be, you know, it's a hit and run. You're supposed to steal it and run. <laughs> but anyways, with that in mind, uh, Harrison, go ahead. Yes, my earliest memories were, I remember buying it, at HMV at the Pickering Town Center. Um, well, my mom bought it. But... HMV sold video games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> Anyways, I remember buying it and playing that first level as as Homer. And you know, as a kid, you hear funny things such as what Homer says in the game whenever he, you know he hits a car and he's like, "Oh, I have no insurance," or you run over somebody and <laughs> and he says, "I blame society." Um, I remember saying I remember saying that a lot as a kid, being like, if I did something wrong, I'd be like, oh, I blame society, or I have no insurance. Eat, eat my dust, dust eaters. Eat my dust, dust eaters. But yeah, just being really into The Simpsons and being able to explore all the different parts of Springfield uh, and each level, 
again, all the, there's so many references uh, that they put into the game and not only like within the cars and the characters and obviously like the maps, but like you had to collect all these, all these cards as well too. I think there was like 49 of them, like seven in each level and each of the cards. The itchy and scratchy cards? Yeah, the itchy and scratchy cards. All of them had great references to yeah. them. Like the big difference between Hit and Run and Road Rage, or one of the big differences was you could actually go into like the Quickie Mart or like the nuclear power plant or all these different places. And there was also little like Easter eggs as well too, where yes. you could go up to like if you went into Moe's Tavern, you could play the love the love test machine or whatever. Yeah, it's like the love tester, the love tester. Yeah, you go yeah. up to that and uh, you can play that, or you go into you know different places and just click on things, and they would they would just all the gags would work right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as a huge Simpsons fan, I loved it. Yeah, that's that's something to like really take into account too. The fact that like there's so much stuff in this game, you know, in the sense of you know, Road Rage felt very empty as we said before because it just is you driving around and you're not really exploring the world. You're seeing this map, but that's about it, right? And you're just picking people up and hitting things. But in Hit and Run, there's so much to explore and there's so many things to collect. And uh, I think that was the first game for me that I can remember in terms of I want to get 100%. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to do was get 100% in this game. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, like now you see that in like everything, like every game that's, especially like AAA games, every game that's made nowadays, uh, all, they always have that item collection uh, aspect in it. And I'm not saying Hit and Run was the first one to do it, and they obviously weren't. But it, for me, it was the first game that kind of showed me how fun that could be mm-hmm. uh, because there's games like, I mean, Neil, you just said it with Donkey Kong 64. Amazing game. You know, trying to collect everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is an open world collect-a-thon, which was mm-hmm. fairly new. There were already collect-a-thons galore in the 90s with Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64. Uh, but yeah, to see this in a... Just a phenomenal game. Just all three phenomenal <laughs> franchises that I, I would highly recommend every N64 fan pick up. But... Did you? I was going to say, Mike, you said this is the first game you tried to 100%. Did you succeed? I did, and I, it might be the first game I ever actually 100%ed, to be honest. Uh, I did succeed, and it was it was very... Uh, I took a picture of it to commemorate it. I'll post that on on the GameCube with cool Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I was going to say, just with this type of game, there aren't many open-world games that set in... that take place in the world, you know, in the cartoon world that you know from the show... Uh, we don't have many examples of this. Like what comes to mind is the South Park RPGs that have come out recently. Yeah, and those are very directly inspired by Hit and Run, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And other sort of RPG, that's more of an RPG. But yeah, I wish more franchises would do something like this, where you're given six or seven characters, original voice actors would be preferred, and you're given X amount of vehicles and submissions and just explore the world in a 3D space. Like I would have killed if I was a kid to have like a Scooby-Doo game or a SpongeBob game like this. Um, just where I could pick my favorite character and explore the world and maybe goof off, do some missions or whatever. I think they should they should have doubled down and, and done more of these types of games back I think in that's the day. why the game did so well. Like it's mm-hmm. it's really yeah. hard. It's easy to do an open world game, speaking as someone who's never made a game, but when you have <laughs> when you're when it's your own ideas, when it's like we have created this world, or in the case of GTA, it's like you're taking a fictionalized version of a real place, you can it seems way harder to take like a Simpsons world 
and make that an open experience because people have like what they're used to it's easier to be like i'm going to make up my own characters i'm going to make up my own setting like i'm going to make skyrim you have a lot of freedom when you've created the world yourself but here we have like a game studio was like okay we have to make springfield we have to make things make sense to a simpsons fan at least we want the game to be well received like we can't just completely throw out the the general idea of like where things are in the town like you got to have the power plant you got to have the school the simpsons family home 742 evergreen terrace like you have to make it relatable and that's probably why it hasn't been done a lot is that's that's got to be a huge undertaking to like take a a kind of like world that's never been seen all in one place at the same time like people who have seen simpsons episodes have seen the world through the character's eyes in episodes and episodes and episodes, but you've never seen it all at once with the ability to just go from like, I'm going to go to the power plant and I'm going to go to the school. That sounds mm-hmm. really difficult mm-hmm. and it's yeah. neat to see it actually work. Yeah. That was one of the things with the, uh, the South park game that I, I have more of a touchstone with South park than Simpsons. But in, I think that game came out in 2011. I, I don't think that there was a uh, South park map until that game was made. Like they had yeah. all the they had all the locales True. they had all like the school and and you know the parks and everything like that but I and the houses but I don't think that they had it figured out where everything is in relation to each other until they had to make a game with an open world map. There were South Park games on the N sixty four, but they weren't uh, like open world games where you're exploring the town. There was like a uh, what the Chef Love Shack, and then there was like a snowball game. Wasn't there South Park Racing too? And South Park Racing too, of course. Uh, the, who could forget? gotta have a racing game gotta have a kart racer um <laughs> yeah. but yeah i really i really love the dedication that went into this type of game just creating a a city that was already technically made but also not at the same time it, it's mm-hmm. it's really it's a feat that yeah like john said it's just so much work to do that i don't think you're gonna get like a spongebob open world game or anything like that anytime soon i think it's it's a feat for the devs but it's also a huge undertaking for the writers and the staff uh for this game I think that's that's the thing that I don't know, you know I don't know if we're ever going to see this again. Uh, unfortunately, well, it's like making a hundred because... episodes at once. It's like you're it's mm-hmm. it's not just one episode where it's contained. Like okay, in this episode we go from the house, then we're at the bank, then we're at the school, then we're at the the power plant, whatever episode that would be. But you you have like a very linear. This is what's going to happen. But here you have like a hundred episodes playing together because everything has to be accessible for the game to work. You have to be able to get to every place at, on a whim. So it's like you have to plan out for dialogue and things, all this mm-hmm. stuff be happening at once. It's like a bunch of episodes, which is way more work than what the writers would be used to, you know, in a in a single like set amount of time, whatever, however long it took to make the game. You got to plan out all this stuff instead of just one 30 minute episode. Yeah, I can't think of another cartoon or uh, movie universe that's been brought to a video game like a 2D bringing a 2D franchise into the 3d realm with a video game i can't think of anything else other than south park which was still mm-hmm. not really 3d it was still 2d but it had it had background that you could interact with and stuff like in terms of like the like the plot like it just wasn't some you know cheap schlock based purely of the amount of like content and throwback gags and like references like there is an actual plot to the game as well too right mm-hmm. which was compared to like other like tv or movie video games which are just based off of the the movie or you know some episode of a tv show yeah so it's it's every every day it's because it's leading up to halloween right and uh like every level is a day correct yes i believe so yeah every level is a day yeah and then uh, i think at the at one point everyone turns into zombies 
That was honestly my favorite part about the game. Probably still is. It is pretty cool. Like it's like it, they had to make whole new skins and everything for the this like that just that level alone. Mm-hmm. And you know, good on them. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys want to discuss the plot of the game at all, but uh, just going back really quick to uh, how we were talking about making the game transition from place to place. This game has very few load screens as well, which was I was playing it this morning, and you're driving from you can go from one side of the town to the next with no load times. You can go into the building without loading anything. It just you're in you're, the, right, you're yeah. in the quickie mart or whatever it was. Um, when most games like this, usually there's I mean games nowadays get so much praise when there's a game like God of War that literally has no load screens. This game has a few, um, but for a game in 2003, it's a, it's, a, it's a really impressive feat to have such little load time. And I think Road Rage was panned for the load times it got. Yeah, and I think that's a result of building the engine from the ground up from Radical Entertainment. You know, they they decided not to reuse anything other than the driving mechanics and just create their own engine. Speaking of the load screens, I love the uh, I love the newspapers at the very beginning of each level. Yeah, just because the even in the Simpsons show itself, they do a great job of just writing the newspaper and the headlines, and then like the sub headlines as well too. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's hilarious. I was gonna say I'm trying to remember like the 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 newspaper articles were always based on what you've done in the game, right? Yes, I think I think they were. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's that's a cool and, idea. Like, even. Even with that too, going back to like the the anim- like the loading times and the and then the animated sequences that would be in between, I thought it was really interesting that they they did decide to animate everything in that three D world rather than just like they could have they could have easily just animated it almost like an episode, right? For those uh, the the sequences in between gameplay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they stuck with the 3D models for cutscenes. It would have been really jarring to go from an episode yes. to to this, which not to say that the model, the 3D models are bad, but mm-hmm. they're different. 3D Simpsons been, will just, never yeah. look normal. 3D Simpsons is a very bizarre thing. Even when it's <laughs> yes. done right, it's weird seeing, like when you see the profile, like a side view of a Simpsons character and you see the way they have like the bumps for where their eyebrows are, then you see that in 3D. <laughs> they look extremely lumpy and kind of gross. So it'd be weird to have it yeah. switch back and forth because it would be a reminder of what abomination you're looking at. <laughs> good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Because once, cause once you've looked it, at yeah. it for a while, you're just, you're, you're used to it You don't it think now. about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing in other games too that, that like Sponge, like SpongeBob comes to mind. Like they make those games and yeah, the characters don't look quite right. But if they switched <laughs> between cartoon SpongeBob and that the 3D Nickelodeon, video game spongebob uh it would have yeah i don't think it would have gone well no agreed do we have any last thoughts let's go let's go around do uh, around the the table here uh john any last thoughts on hit and run there was a cheat in hit and run where you could <laughs> enable the grid view which was a pointless but very silly and kind of interesting cheat as a kid where enabling it would essentially let you see like every vertices every all or vertex all the vertices that's what i was trying to say <laughs> all the lines basically everything that's 3d you would see the lines the outline you would also see the lines of the skybox it just covered the world in the grid of like kind of allowed you to see the the shapes beyond the textures of everything so you could see like if there was a hill you would see every little line showing how many polygons it was made of and i don't know it was oh, just cool. the first time i ever saw that as a kid in a video game because you could just enable 
you you felt like you were making a game in a sense as you know a dumb kid that you are you're watching this and you're seeing these weird shapes and stuff you're like wow video games are all just polygons <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that's hey that's cool i didn't know that mm-hmm. uh harrison uh there was a cheat um where <laughs> where you where you could launch your car right into the air like a hundred feet in the air and i remember one time i i launched or i had turned on that sheet and then i went into the rocket car outside the solid gold house and i <laughs> I, I i i honked my horn and i remember my car just flew into the air and it got stuck for like <laughs> it felt like forever as a kid i don't know how long but i was just stuck up there also i really like the lisa level um where um because you can go to the waterfall where millhouse is at and then as lisa you can kick him off um off the top and he can fall down the waterfall which i thought was hilarious that's awesome <laughs> yeah, kick, kicking people in this game was like a game within the game oh it was so They're much watching fun. their bodies kind of ragdoll around and just like bounce and ride yeah the ragdoll yeah. physics yeah yeah how have we not talked about the kicking people yet oh my god that was one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite things to do <laughs> just kicking old ladies <laughs> yeah you could probably kick someone from one end of the world to the other in the game if you want, yeah. Uh, Annika? Um, I think just like Mike said, this was like the first game that I wanted to finish it. And to this day, I've only 99%ed it. Uh, it was that, that damn last level that Homer was, I think it was at the top of the power plant and the floor just like falls out beneath you. And I remember I would just keep falling. <laughs> so to this day, I've not finished it. Um, and it's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. You'll have to, I'll have to replay it. Do a revisit episode. Do you still have the memory card and everything? Uh, no. No, I don't. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> I, I did have it for a while, but then I I think I gave it back to my parents, and I don't even know that they have it. They finished so. it. They fit, they completed the game 100%. They, probably, <laughs> they, they finished it for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll have to just complete it on a superior system. Exactly. Yeah, I'll just have to go back, play the entire thing. I have time for that. That sounds like so much fun. Neil, uh, any last thoughts on Hit and Run? There was a cheat in GoldenEye 007 on the N64 (laughs) called DK Mode. And everybody had big heads. And I only realized later that that was meant to be Donkey Kong Mode. (laughs) uh, Because everybody in Donkey Kong have big heads. And I have a question. Can you play as the mystery machine in Simpsons Hit and Run? Uh, oh, sorry, can you drive the mystery machine or play as <laughs> play as the mystery and get into other vehicles as the mystery machine? <laughs> uh, yes, Ooh, that would be good. If you believe hard enough, uh, we'll just go to the donut donut four uh, modding community. I'm going to take that as a no. This game gets a zero out of ten from me, Mike. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, is it is it that time, Neil? No, you have to tell us uh, your uh, thing. Yeah, your cheat. Your cheat. Oh, my cheat. Well, everyone else didn't cheat. What was the question you were asking us again? <laughs> it's the favorite segment of the show. It's Mike's thing. Play the intro. <laughs> Victor, play the intro. There was a cheat. The legacy of The Simpsons uh, in terms of, uh, of of video games. So the last real game was The Simpsons game. I don't know if you guys, if anyone here remembers that game. It came out in 2007. Uh, it was on all three consoles and it was kind of cool because all three consoles had different stories, uh, and had some like small differences within the games, but the story of it is kind of cool. And it's, uh, they had something that was really fun in it. 
and it was uh game cliches and it was instead of collecting like your your itching scratchy cards you collected uh how many game cliches you could find <laughs> yeah, oh, this was like fourth wall breaking yeah and so it, was, it would be comic book guy and he would come up every time you would find a uh, a game cliche one of them was uh, uh like doors that don't go anywhere yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is a classic so you would like go up to the door and and it wouldn't work he, and comic book guy would like come up with his voice he'd be like hmm it's like a door that doesn't go anywhere of course worst door ever <laughs> and, <laughs> that's cool um, but yeah, no, just, uh, uh, I just wanted to, I mean, ask, we'll just put out to the, to the group here, like what they see the Simpsons games like going forward, because we really haven't had a, a real one in, I guess, 13 years now. So do we think we're going to see an, a hit and run too, no. or something like this? I highly doubt it. I do not expect any Simpsons games beyond mobile and maybe some remasters. I would doubt it. If they make yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, I've just seen stuff about them remastering it, like for the Switch, I think. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. And then I could 100% it on there. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree with John on this one. I think you're. I don't think you're going to see any more new Simpsons games. I think the Simpsons heyday is is long gone at this point. Yeah. I think we yeah we might see a remake of or a remaster rather of Hit and Run, just because I think it's one of the only Simpsons games that's worth remaking that isn't made by EA and EA don't really remake or remaster anything. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the one you're going to see again, if anything. I think we might see more like a Simpsons Pokemon Go style game or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's going to be a mobile um, gotcha style yeah. game, I think. And yeah. I, I can't see yeah. them. Like, we're, we're really past the, the point where every franchise that's not a video game needs a video game. We've, we've obviously moved past that where, you know, you yeah. had, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, the Da Vinci Code on Game Boy Advance. <laughs> I, that, pro- that probably is a game. I, it's probably a game. Uh, like every bad movie, Jumper, <laughs> Jumper was a game that was on the Wii, I think. Like every bad movie oh, had a game, and I think we we're yeah. well past that. Not that The Simpsons is the same, but I think everyone's kind of moved on. We don't need games for everything we enjoy, and the ones that are out there, like Hit and Run, kind of gave you the full experience. Because unless you're making an open world Simpsons game, it's probably going to be a step down from that. Yep. Wasn't there a fighting Simpsons game? Am I misremembering? Uh, so so the Simpsons game had a lot of fighting aspects okay. in it, and that might be what you're. That might be what I'm remembering. Imagining. Yeah, like I yeah. could see that is like the only thing I think is missing, other than like a racing game. But I mean, Road Rage is basically a racing game. I agree. Yeah, uh, I I'd also just like to point out. I just realized this right now, but like that Neil just mentioned with how EA was Road Rage, and Hit and Run is uh, Vivendi, and then Simpsons game uh, four years later goes back to EA. Interesting. Yeah, that was the publisher. I don't know. How, I'm not really up to speed on how publishing video games works. Obviously, EA didn't have a complete monopoly with Fox or anything like that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just did research. The Simpsons Wrestling is a vid- fighting video game released for the PlayStation, blah, blah, blah. The game was widely panned by critics and is considered to be one of the worst video games of all time. Huh. So there was a well, Simpsons fighting game, but it's more like a grappling style 3D. It's not a simple like 2D fighter. It's like a kind of, it's really bizarre. And I do remember playing it. It's it's 3D. You can move omnidirectionally, but it's it's more than just like fighting. It's it's wrestling and there's grabs and throws. And yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> and it predates the games we talked about today. How weird. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you for that uh, insight. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry that you now know that, but it's really <laughs> bad.
I know they had Simpsons Tap Out, was it for for like mobile? But yep. yeah, that that was that was kind of fun. That was like a, a Farmville kind of style, you know, sim almost. Yeah, that kind of hooked you in every day. That makes sense. I yeah, see I, like I could see, maybe see something like that, but I don't see any new Simpsons games in the future or new Simpsons games coming to the GameCube in the future either. So. <laughs> That's uh, that's the real tragedy. Here, yeah, that's the real that tragedy. No new games are coming to the GameCube. Yeah. Cool. Time for me to read the back of the case of Simpsons Hit and Run. Save Springfield by car, by foot, by the seat of your pants. Springfield's biggest driving hazards are let loose, drive yourself crazy in lawless fender benders and chaotic head-on collisions as your f- favorite Simpsons character. Unbuckle your seatbelt and set out on foot to investigate creepy crop circles and a diabolical conspiracy threatening to obliterate Springfield. Drop that donut and grab that wheel. You just made me nostalgic for game boxes because I feel like everything I own is digital now. That's what we're trying to do here, John. Yeah, we're trying to promote physical media and the GameCube. And physical activity. And physical activity. <laughs> and eating well. Uh, well, it's been amazing having all of you on for this lovely Simpsons-themed episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining. John, Harrison, Annika. That's me. Thank you for you having You guys me. don't have to stay on while we close out the episode. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Bye-bye. I guess you guys are, like, all in the same house, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> you guys don't even know. I've just been here this whole time. Yeah, like, I don't know what to do after after I hang up. <laughs> yeah, what do, what do I do? <laughs> do I start just, screaming uh, after? <laughs> Screaming is uh, the uh, Okay, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun episode to do. Um, thank you. Thank you, Harrison, Annika, and John for joining us and bringing all of your valuable insight to the show. Mm-hmm. It was uh, good to have just Mike telling me why The Simpsons is cool. <laughs> the Simpsons w- was cool. The GameCube was cool. But, right. but one of them still is cool. Find out which one. Oh, yeah, and, and I hope we all found out which game... Uh, we it was hitting up. Yeah, so we'll do our classic uh, what we should pick up. And I would 100% recommend that anyone who owns a GameCube uh, uh, pick up Hit and Run if they can. It's just a classic game. It's It should be in everyone's top 10, if not top 20. It, it, it does everything well. It's, I can't say enough great things about this game. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I would recommend Hit and Run. It's more of a complete game, just by just based on the uh, the development of it. They were calling it Road Rage Two. They basically call it Road Road Rage with more. Um, so, uh, if, if they're both incredibly hard games to find in the mm-hmm. wild, so I haven't seen either of these games in any of the retro game stores that I frequent in years. No, uh, you're pretty much set to have to do eBay or maybe Kijiji. Unfortunately. Um, they're both great, fun games to have, though. Um, Road Rage any... just like hit, like hit and run light. That's like the best yeah. way I can put it. It really is hit and run light. Yeah, if you have two hundred bucks to spare, you can pick up both. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you can only pick up one, I yeah, hit and run's definitely the way to go. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode nine of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. Next week for episode ten, we are we will be talking about Sonic and cancel Dreamcast games that were later on ported to GameCube. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them are also Dreamcast games that were on Dreamcast and right. went to GameCube. Yeah, uh, of course. So, But uh, yes, it'll be the Dreamcast episode, uh, as we can call it. Everyone's favorite console, second favorite console. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like the Wii U of the 90s. I, I have a real soft spot for the Dreamcast, so I'm very excited to be talking about it uh, next week. Right. And to talk about some of these games that I, I've only played, I think, two of them. 
So uh, we're going to have Zaffer on again, a friend of the show, Zaffer, who was la- mm-hmm. uh, last on Luigi's Mansion. He will be back talking about some of these Sonic games as he's a big Sonic nerd. And I am a big Sonic hater, so we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we look forward to uh, for that episode next week. Uh, if you don't already know, the GameCube is Cool podcast posts live every Thursday morning. Uh, it's where you go to get all of your GameCube not necessarily news, but I guess just nostalgia. <laughs> All your <GameCube> news. <laughs> <laughs> it's just every day. No- yeah, yeah. Nothing new. Nothing new. <laughs> it's getting really dry out there, guys. Uh, if you haven't already, we're also on Instagram. You can follow us there, the GameCube pod. We, we got a ton more followers after the Melee episode. So if you have any questions about the next episode, comments, any of your memories on those games, we'd love to hear from you and incorporate it into the show. And we hit if 500 not- downloads. And yeah, huge milestone this week, 500 downloads. So thank you everyone for the support. Our road to 1,000 downloads begins now. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone take care of yourselves and uh, have a great week. See you later. Bye. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. GameCube.